If you'd like to support Murder Minute and get an ad-free version of the show, subscribe to Murder Minute Plus by using the link in the show notes for only $3.99 a month. Welcome to Murder Minute, today, the Farber Dulos murder case. But first, your true crime headlines. In Pennsylvania, a 13-year-old boy has been charged as an adult for the shooting death of his 9-year-old brother. 13-year-old Brayden Leroy Wright is charged with criminal homicide and aggravated assault for allegedly shooting his little brother during a game of cops and robbers. The boys were playing in the living room of their home when Braden grabbed one of the two loaded 9mm handguns that his father stored in an unlocked compartment in the couch. The boy told police he was angry that his brother wasn't listening to him, so he put the muzzle of the gun to the back of his brother's head and pulled the trigger. The bullet passed through his skull and came out the other side. He was taken to an area hospital and died of his injuries. Wright is being held in Franklin County Jail and has been denied bail. No charges have been filed against his parents. Three LAPD officers are facing charges for falsely identifying people as gang members in the state's gang database, according to the LA County District Attorney's Office. Officers Braxton Shaw, Michael Koblenz, and Nicholas Martinez are each facing one count of conspiracy to object justice and multiple counts of filing false police reports and preparing false documentary evidence. These arrests are part of a months-long investigation into improper use of the CalGang database by LAPD officers. The department is still investigating 21 other officers for similar offenses. Last month, LAPD Chief Michael Moore ordered his officers to stop using the database, citing concerns about the accuracy of the information it contained. An attorney for Officer Shaw said his client is innocent, and no immediate comment was made by the other two officers or their attorneys. They are set to be arraigned in October. The Supreme Court has cleared the way for the first federal executions in 17 years to take place. The five to four decision came just hours after a U.S. district judge blocked four inmates from being executed, deciding they could pursue their claim that the federal government's plan to use the drug pentobarbital will cause severe pain and needless suffering. The drug interferes with breathing before the heart is stopped producing a sensation of drowning and asphyxiation and resulting in extreme terror and panic, according to the suit filed by the four condemned prisoners. The Supreme Court ruled that the inmates would likely not be able to prove their claim of cruel and unusual punishment. The last federal execution took place in 2003. The court's decision clears the way for four to take place this summer. Critics have questioned the government's decision to carry out these executions in the midst of a global pandemic, calling it dangerous and a political move. Next, a writer and mother who went missing, leaving behind a trail of blood and questions. But first, a quick break. Have you been experiencing stress? 
Anxiety. Do you have chronic pain or trouble sleeping? You're not alone. If you're searching for something that might help, I want to tell you about Feels. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep that helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness naturally. Feels is easy to take. Just place a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. CBD has been proven to reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. I take Feels for my chronic back pain, and these days it's helping me sleep better at night as well. Don't worry, Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, no hangover, and no addiction. Navigating the world of CBD may seem complicated. And the thing to remember about CBD is that everyone's dose is different. So if you're new to CBD and need a little guidance, Feels has you covered with real human support. They'll answer all of your questions on their free CBD hotline so that you can start feeling better sooner. Join the Feels community now and get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel any time. Feels' hassle-free membership program is guaranteed to help you feel your best month after month or your money back. It's that simple. Feels is helping me feel better every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com mm, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot mm to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash mm. During stressful times, it's natural to want to discuss your anxieties and fears with someone. So if you're struggling and you're thinking about talking to someone, it's time to get BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so that you can start communicating in under 24 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. They have a broad range of expertise available and the service is available for clients worldwide. Just log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you won't ever have to sit in a waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Like this one, written by a BetterHelp user after counseling with Dr. Melissa Hardin for three weeks on issues concerning stress and anxiety. Dr. Hardin is an amazing counselor and has given me all of the support and help I could ask for. I cannot recommend her strongly enough. Visit betterhelp.com slash murderminute. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health 
with the help of an experienced professional. Murder Minute listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash murder minute. Welcome back to Murder Minute. Now, what happened to Jennifer Farber Dulos? Post on the now deleted site detailed sleep difficulties she was having with her 18-month-old daughter, Noelle. Sleep troubles that seemed to improve when her husband Fotis left. It was not like this when my husband Fotis was not here, she wrote, according to the Daily Mail. We had more room. I and she and he, somewhere afar, slept better. But if Fotis is to come back, he leaves again today, next Tuesday, then we do have to get this dealt with. Which may mean her crying, but it's just so heart-wrenching. Then again, who can subsist on no sleep and kicks in the nose? When she penned this post, blogging was booming, in part as a way for busy parents to connect and have a sense of community. The term mommy blogger had been coined to refer to women who blog about their kids. Writing was more than a hobby and means of connection for Jennifer, though. She held a master's in writing from NYU's Tisch School of the Arts, which she obtained after meeting Fotis at Brown University. So none of this seemed abnormal, the sharing of details about her daily stresses, thoughts, and daydreams, including one about getting more sleep at a luxury resort in Mexico. If only. Mexico, Los Cabos, she wrote. Such a nice alternative to 54 degrees Farmington bed trauma. She finished the post with this. Oh, Noel, I know that this too shall pass, but I fear I may be in a body bag by then. Six years later, those words would seem darkly prophetic. In late May of 2018, Jennifer disappeared. At the time, the 50-year-old mother of five feared for her life a friend told the New York Post. She had become a nervous wreck after filing for divorce from Fotis Dulos, her husband of 13 years the previous summer. She knew how enraged he was that she took this step, the friend said. But Jennifer had also felt relieved, stating in an email that she was prompting herself to rest easier since she had successfully lobbied for a court-appointed guardian to help in the ongoing custody battle. Leading up to her divorce decision, Jennifer had discovered that her husband was having an affair with a woman named Michelle Traconis. A month after this realization, Fotis told Jennifer he wanted to move Michelle into their home and enroll her daughter in their kid's school. That May 24th, days before a divorce proceeding hearing, Jennifer dropped her children off at school in Connecticut, where she was renting a home. She was seen driving in the area afterward, and then, never again. After she missed appointments that afternoon and her empty car was found, she was reported missing. Five days later, police released a statement announcing that the search for Jennifer was officially a criminal investigation, indicating that she had been a victim of a serious physical assault. After securing search warrants, they had discovered large amounts of Jennifer's blood in her bedroom, garage, and on two trash cans. According to police documents, investigators strongly believed that Jennifer was attacked in her garage, placed inside, and driven to the location where the car was eventually found. 
Her phone, which was found in the car, had been active for 40 minutes before suddenly going offline the day she went missing. During that time, her soon-to-be ex-husband Fotis could not be located. After Jennifer's phone went offline, he was seen driving a car of one of his employees that he had been seen driving in Connecticut earlier. Jennifer's family released a statement too, expressing deep sadness and fear, but also hope that she would be found alive. They described her as a devoted mother and an extremely thoughtful, reliable, and organized woman. One who would never ever disappear when she was responsible for the lives of five loving and energetic children. Jennifer is gentle, kind, intelligent, and funny, they said. And above all, she prioritized the health and happiness of her children. While detectives were interviewing people who knew or interacted with Jennifer, a witness came forward, stating that they had seen Fotis and his girlfriend Michelle dumping bloodstained clothing and cleaning items in trash cans on a roadside. Soon after, the two were charged with tampering with evidence. Police also interviewed the nanny of the Fotis kids, who described Jennifer as very afraid of her husband. In June of the previous year, she said she found Jennifer crying in the driveway because her husband had attempted to run over her with his car. The nanny also recalled watching him chase Jennifer throughout the house until she hid in a bedroom, at which point he banged angrily on the door. Once Fotis realized one of their kids was in the bedroom with Jennifer, he calmed down. The nanny also overheard Mr. Dulos threaten to take their children to his native country, Greece, to live with him. After surveillance footage revealed Fotis and Michelle making some 30 stops at trash receptacles in Hartford the night Jennifer vanished, disposing of bags containing her bloodstained clothing and sponges, and Fotis's DNA was found mixed with Jennifer's blood on her kitchen faucet, he and Michelle were arrested and charged in relation to her murder. They both pleaded not guilty and were released on bail. They also reportedly broke up around then. At that point, Fotis' defense team was on the attack, according to the Post, and suggested that Jennifer's disappearance might have been a twisted work of fiction, not unlike the 2012 novel Gone Girl. They said she had written a 500-page manuscript of a similar vein some years before, although Fotis' attorney Norm Pattis hadn't yet read it himself. To the Post, he said, This is a person who has a pretty florid imagination and motives to use it to hurt Mr. Dulos. And although he didn't produce any supportive documentation, he said Jennifer struggled with severe psychiatric problems and heroin use for years. He also said Fotis received a $14,000 bill the month before for Jennifer's unknown blood work and alluded to some kind of past disappearance on her part. A source in Jennifer's family literally laughed in response to these claims. Jennifer never had any psychiatric issues, she said, adding that she had read Jennifer's supposedly Gone Girl-esque novel and that it wasn't remotely similar. Like all of Jennifer's writing, she said the book has, quote, at its core, a search for connection and a loving relationship, for being understood and accepted as one's true self. As far as any previous disappearance, 
she said there was nothing mysterious about her move to Aspen and Los Angeles. She was using a pen name at the time and ventured off to write. The attorney for Jennifer's mom called the claims against her a classic act of desperation to slander the victim. In Jennifer's motion to seek custody of their kids, who were ages 8 to 13 at the time, she wrote, I know that filing for divorce and filing this motion will enrage Fotis. I know he will retaliate by trying to harm me in some way. During the course of our marriage, he told me about sickening revenge fantasies and plans to cause physical harm to others who have wronged him. She also said Fotis spoke of flying a plane over an ex-client's home to drop a brick on it and had smuggled a handgun from Florida. In the court documents, Jennifer wrote, I am terrified for my family's safety, especially since discovering the gun, since my husband has a history of controlling, volatile, and delusional behavior. Eventually, Fotis's former girlfriend, Michelle, admitted that she had lied in her previous interviews and she could not provide an alibi for Fotis. She claimed she thought she could trust him, but obviously was wrong. She also said she helped Fotis clean what he described as spilled coffee stains in an employee's pickup truck after Jennifer's disappearance, but that the mess smelled like something else. On January 7th of this year, Connecticut police charged Fotis Dulos with felony murder and kidnapping. Michelle Traconis was charged with conspiracy to commit murder. Soon after, Fotis failed to appear at his bail hearing. When police went to his home for a wellness check, they found him in the garage, alive but unresponsive due to self-inflicted carbon monoxide poisoning. He later died at a hospital. Fotis left behind a handwritten suicide note, which ABC News obtained. He started it like this. All, if you are reading this, I am no more. I refuse to spend even an hour more in jail for something I had nothing to do with. Enough is enough. If it takes my head to end this, so be it. I want it to be known that Michelle Traconis had nothing to do with Jennifer's disappearance. Later in the note, he added, My attorney can explain what happened with the bag on Albany Avenue. Everything else is a story fabricated by the law enforcement. About those bags, the ones Fotis and Michelle were caught on camera dumping. Fotis's attorney told the Stanford advocate that there's an explanation, but they're not going to give it. So far, over two years since she disappeared, Jennifer Farber Dulos's body is yet to be found. Her loved ones continue to hold on to the memory of the woman they recall as gentle, kind, brilliant, and courageous. We miss Jennifer beyond words, they wrote in a statement. The ache of her absence doesn't go away. Countless questions remain unanswered. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram at Murder Minute.